1: Welcome back everybody, episode 196 of the Black Eagles podcast, I am your host, Sinan Sporting, live from New York City, um, a uh, lovely evening here, it's getting chillier, the fall has arrived, but uh, yeah, still, you know. They get the old hoodie out every once in a while. Not bad. Um, on the other hand, we have Besiktas. <laughs> uh, which I guess we got to talk about here. Um, Champions League, which is always uh, a big deal. Um, you can certainly say that uh, any Champions League encounter is going to be huge. But this one is even bigger, right? Neither Sporting nor Besiktas had uh, gotten any points out of the Champions League thus far. Largely disappointed. Um, until this match, it had been Sporting, which had done more of the disappointing. Uh, Besiktas had strung together some, some decent losses, if you will. Where the defense didn't really uh, crumble. So that's what we were bringing into the match. I guess I'll mention historically, it's interesting that Sporting, we played them last in 2015. Um, And at home, we drew them one to one on October 1st, and then uh, in Lisbon on December 10th of 2015, we got smushed uh, three to one over there. So, um, not the best track record, perhaps. Operation is effect effect. as of right now. Uh, in, In recent outings, but I guess that's quite. A ways in the past, right? So we weren't going to bring that in, any of that negativity. I guess it's probably worth mentioning, uh, as far as their form goes, coming into this match. Um, their last match was a cup game. Uh, they beat Belenenses 0-4 on the road. Um, prior to that, they had beaten Aruca 1-2, to two, um, also on the road. Before that, they lost to Dortmund 1-0 also on the road uh, in the Champions League, and then prior to that, they'd beaten Mare Timo at home, one to nil. So lots of victories, none particularly like, impressive as far as huge outings goal-wise until this last one in the cup. Um, it's a cup match though, so it's perhaps <clears throat> a little different from what you'd expect, you know, as far as normalcy. I'm um, still, you know, they'll be, they would have come in on, on you know, pretty good form and feeling pretty good about that result. So let's talk about what happened next, shall we? Um, So obviously, uh, we were the hosts. So this game was at Vodafone Park. Besiktas put Ersin in goal, um, which I assumed they might. Uh, Wellington and Vida up ahead of him with Nsakala. Fabrice Nsakala brought back into the lineup on the left side of the defense with Valentin Jose on the right. Joseph de Souza... Mira Pjanic and Alex Teixeira, the sort of ideal midfield trio for Besiktas. Uh, finally, you might even say, with Rashid Gazal on the right side and Kyle Laren on the left. And of course, Mishi Batshuayi up front. For Sporting, um, their keeper is, of course, Adan. Uh, the other back line is a trio of... Sebastian Coates or Coats or whatever, um, uh, Zuhair Fedal, Moroccan, and Gonzalo Inacio, 20 year old Portuguese defender. Um, Their wing backs are, of course, Pedro Porro, 22 year old Spaniard, um, and I think Mateusz, Brazilian. In the middle of their midfield (coughs) was João Palinha. Who was a bit of a tough dude, next to Mateus Luis, 23-year-old Portuguese uh, central midfielder, and on the wings, of course, they had Pote Pedro Gonçalves, 23-year-old Portuguese winger, and Pablo Sarabia, 29-year-old Spaniard, on the wing. Uh, Up front, Paulinho, 28-year-old Portuguese. Listed as a central forward. I guess he'll play as a striker up there for them. Um, And so, yeah, Ruben Amorim is their manager. And that's worth noting. I think he did his homework, and I'll I'll get into that. I should, of course, give a shout-out to our... Stadium sound guy Emre Hasturk. Um, he was live. It was great to have him get back in the stadium and and provide us with these sounds. So uh, shouts to him. He's at at e Hasturk h a s t u r k on Twitter. All right, and I'll give him another one, another shout out after after the match explanation here. And so, yeah, in the match, first of all, 54th, 2nd, they would be right out of the gates. Um, Paulinho getting a nice cross off the counter, which you didn't anticipate, perhaps. Uh, Aristine being forced to scramble and make a pretty decent save. Uh, Fourth minute, we would come back and show a little intent. Um, After having a kind of half chance uh, not go his way, he would have another chance come his way this one of course of he being Rashid Ghazal. Um, and he would send a ball just wide across the goal mouth with some curve on it and Besiktas showing intent um, Besiktas was kind of gigging pressing um, early on and it was looking like it could pay off you know uh, Rashid Ghazal looking to have that touch perhaps um, and so Besiktas would press for a good 15 minutes until it would be Pedro Who would bring it up the right side easily on a counter finding Sarabia who would Force a a really nice save from Ersin uh, a diving save across the goal mouth Uh, and that would signal A a slight shift only insofar as it would produce a corner kick which would um, pot would take it it would drop to someone. I'm not exactly sure who who would head it on to Sebastian Coatz And yeah, he would put it away for a goal and it was Gonzalo Inacio, by the way, who is credited with the assist. And so yeah, sure enough, perhaps you could say against the run of play, Sporting takes the lead, nil to one, Uh, and from there they seem to have wrested control of the match even, Uh, or not necessarily, but at least like stemmed Besiktas' early push, Um, and of course Besiktas is starting to tire now, they're putting a lot of pressure on. Uh, In the 22nd minute, Pot would find um, a nice counter-attacking sort of loop of a cross, would drop to Pot, who would again force a save from Ersin, um, Ersin quite active and uh, making a, a number of saves, although still Besiktas looks somehow the more dangerous an attacking side up to this point, but yeah, sure enough Besiktas would come back uh, looking to, to exact revenge, 23rd minute another corner kick and it would be Pjanic finding Kyle Larin on the far side. Uh, heading it in with some ease and sure enough boom equalized one to one and the family man strikes we're looking good we're looking good for our our goal we're looking good for our draw thus far Uh, lots of energy the crowd is into it Um, blowing whistles at every stage of this so yeah one-to-one A yellow card for Pedro Porto by the way in in the 25th minute right uh, right after the goal Uh, but still just a few minutes later another corner kick Um, again pot sending it in. This time it's Paulinho credited with the assist. would find Sebastian Coatz again. Another corner kick goal for him, 27th minute, and they get the lead back, one to two. And at this point, things turn. Um, The fatigue sets in. We're still trying to press, which is perhaps not so wise because um, Sporting is sitting back and playing the counter magnificently at this point. And it seems like they're going to score again. If we keep this up. Um, but still. The next real opportunity would would drop in the 37th minute of the match. To Batshuayi Pjanic. Locating him from deep in the midfield. Uh, and he would make a pretty decent run it looks like. And he would hit the post from a bit of distance. So a little unfortunate perhaps. But... Certainly would give us hope right and just as uh, any Besiktas fan might be starting to get a little hope <laughs> Faded uh, in the 40th minute on another kara- corner kick Carabia, Sarabia corner kick uh, This time from the left side, so Sarabia was taking it instead of Pot uh, this time I'm gonna go straight to Koats, who would head it down towards goal. Um, I didn't even see any contact initially. Looked like a fantastic save by Eriksen. Sure enough, uh, it deflected off of Vida's arm. He had been jumping for the for the head for the corner kick um, and sort of leaping for it. He didn't see the ball. His back was turned to it. His arm was out though, so it was in an unnatural position. Um, Probably could have gone either way, you know, if they decided that the header was hit with such impact that he couldn't have done, he couldn't have really done anything to get his arm out of the way, and he was, you know, sort of of incidental, but, um, in the end, the goal is, uh, sorry, the, the, the the handball is awarded, and uh, a penalty kick, Sarabia steps up to take it one to three, and all hope seems to be lost very dispiriting half. Um, I think whenever you're giving up two goals on set pieces and you know you're bringing a lot of attacking verve and energy into the game and you look like you could kind of uh, catch your opposition off guard and and do something in an impressive fashion and instead it all falls apart. Kind of in in a way that I mean you on the one hand of course sporting has apparently trained seriously to take these corner kicks. It was is an actual part of their training? So it's credit to Ruben Amorim, their manager. Um, but anyhow, right after yeah, their fun. goal, uh, in the like 30 seconds into extra time, going going into the half, right before the half, um, Wellington sends a long ball from deep. It finds Alex Teixeira, who makes just a fantastic volley diving. Um, Sort of deads the ball, but like with a little curve on it, right over the keeper. Um, Just delightful goal. Um, And celebrations abound. But somehow... In VAR, it's, it's taken off, uh, he's called offside, I didn't see a, a really good, I didn't get a really good look at it, um, but I'll assume it was a correct call, just, I don't know why I would, but yeah, you know, give the ref the benefit of the doubt, um, he could easily have, it looked like he was a, a bit off, but you know, you hate to see that kind of goal taken taken down. Um, Still, uh, certainly a uh, uh, silver lining for Bashkash to see Alex Teixeira um, with another good match after the last one against Bashkash here. So he looks like he'll be fitting into this side pretty well, um, hopefully. Uh, and, and he could be a really solid contributor this season. Um, it's weird. This this is still like, you know, maybe game two with, with a full complement. So um, we're only just starting to see these guys gel. And I'll speak more on that. Uh, anyway, so that's it at the half. Uh, we're down one to three. Could have been two to three, um, but that was taken off. Um, no subs at the half, uh, and early on in the second half, it's kind of a little tenuous. You know, no, no, no real action. Um, a yellow card for Alex Teixeira in the forty-seventh for for arguing. Fifty-eighth uh, minute, a yellow card for Rashid Gazal for a bit of a rough tackle from behind. Uh, in the 61st minute, Bachuayi uh, sends a nice ball up to Kyle Lahren, who sends in a fairly lovely shot that p- requires a nice save uh, from their keeper Adan. Uh, the save drops to someone on their defense, uh, but uh, Mira Pjanic takes it off him with ease. Nice little quick ball to Rashid Gazal, who finds Bachuayi, uh, whose shot, you know, a l- nice little dribble here and there, but then sends a shot wide. Um, 66th minute It's Paulinho um, Getting a real good opportunity Off of a cross Diving in uh, But not getting quite enough on the ball And it hits the post Could easily have been 1-4 to four at that point um, 68th minute Rashid Ghazal Sends uh, Michi Batshuayi on Really well He does really well to, to get around Adan, their keeper Um but then just skies it. You hate to see it. Could easily have been a goal. And again, that would have been two to two to three at that point and, and could have blown the game open. Um, but somehow he, he kind of muffs it. Doesn't quite have that finishing touch. I think in a lot of ways, he wasn't used to getting all these chances, right? He's the one guy who's been able to play while everyone else was injured. And so he's been just dying to get opportunities. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think he was just really like chomping at the bit, perhaps a bit too much, right? Uh, he was, you know, couldn't keep it together. Um, but anyway, 71st minute, Paulinho again hits the post, clattering it off of uh, the crossbar, and so pff, another huge opportunity for them on the counter. Every one of these is on the counter at this point, and of course we're we're giving it all in the attack, trying to get back into this match as best we can, uh, which is a better excuse than what we had early on. You know, I think once we started to tire, we should have tried to play a bit more conservatively. Um, Even when we were down a goal and it was 1-2. Just knowing we have the talent up front that can kind of create goals eventually and have the faith in in them to do so while um, having them support our defense more than they did. I think we left our defenders out to lurch a bit. We're, We're weak on the counter. In a lot of ways, it seemed like Ruben Amorim studied us right um if he'd watch all he had to do was watch our match against basaksh here and you could see it was almost the same game plan um they just hit us on the counter wait till we tired wait till we overcommit to attack and then bam um sure enough 88th minute um pot would uh find paulinho who would send in a lovely ball curving Ericsson couldn't do anything with it and it's a goal, one to four. And at this point, it's a disaster. Um, what I did not mention, so in the 72nd minute, we had a yellow card for Gonzalo Ignacio. 73rd minute, Ricardo Esgaio entered the game for uh, Mateusz. Uh, Gokantore entered the game for Kyle Laren. Zuhair Fedal, their their defensive player, got a yellow card in the 76th minute. Kanan Karaman entered the match for Alex Teixeira in the 80th. Uh, Thiago Tomas entered the match for Pablo Saravia in the 84th, uh, right before their goal. Um, the only real action beyond that, uh, Mirel Lempiano got a yellow card in the third minute of extra time. And in the fifth minute, Thiago Tomas would get a kind of point blank chance, again on the counter naturally, ball dropping to him from deep. And Erson would come up with a, another huge save, actually. So, um, yeah, just a huge match, I think we could say, uh, a hugely disappointing match. Uh, you know, we're, I think you could even make the argument that we probably deserve to lose four to one. Of course, they scored two goals, like on set pieces, and you hate to see that, but supposedly this is what they do. They prepare for those. they, um, you know, they, they, they do that on the training pitch, and so this was something they do, we, we failed, not once but twice, you know, fool me once, shame on you, right, fool me twice, shame on me, I think that's a shame on me scenario for Besiktas, uh, yeah, just couldn't get it done, uh, a very disappointing result, I don't think anybody, like, t- to lose is one thing perhaps, but to lose like that would have, uh, you know, it's just, that's it's a killer. The mind killer. <laughs> Everyone's seeing doing. Um, anyway, let's get into some stats, shall we? So,
0: interestingly,
1: Besiktas had sixty-four percent of the ball uh, to their thirty-six percent. This was not because Besiktas was behind the whole match. This was the norm throughout the whole match um, when we were level. At nil to nil, uh, when we were tied one to one, throughout the whole match, Besiktas was was holding much of the ball, um, but frankly, it seemed as if Sporting was tactically prepared for that. Um, they countered with to perfection. You're right. I mean that that goes without saying because, of course, um, if you look at XG, the score was about right. It was 4.56 to 0.95. 4-1 was the, was the score, right? We're 1-4. Um, we had 9 shots to their 20. 9 chances created to their 18. 1 big chance to their 8. We had 421 accurate passes completed to their 191. We completed them at 84% rate. They only completed their passes at a 68% rate, you know? Not a terribly efficient game for them, but again, right? Just sit back and hit us on the counter. They, they knew what to do. It's exa- I mean, credit to Ruben Amorim. It was a bit of a masterclass tactically. Um, what I have to say is that uh, they—I <coughs> don't—I I don't know their plan A. I assume they're typically a team that has more of the ball than their opponents, and and you know, domestically where they're probably this much stronger side relatively. Uh, so they had a plan B. You know, they 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 played this match based on. I, I assume, having scouted us, what, what they they knew would be a weakness of ours, which is counter, defending on the counter, uh, which certainly was the case on Friday if they watched. We had the same back line, with the exception of uh, Fabrice and Sakala being inserted. And so, yeah, I mean, they, they did that to absolute perfection. Uh, like I said, 20 shots, right? Um, so seven of those were off target. On, off target. Nine were on target. So Ericsson was really solid in a lot of ways. He made a ton of saves, but obviously let in a lot of goals as well. <clears throat> but still, I don't think you could blame him for any one of them. Um, and given all the saves he made, I mean, what can you say? They hit the woodwork twice. We hit the woodwork once. Um, they had 14 shots inside the box. to our eight. Um, six outside of the box to our one. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I won't go into any more... Team stats. Beyond that, we even got an XG this time around, so that's you know advanced, if you will. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. By the way, I have allergies going here today. I will talk about the the players who were rated highly um, from top to bottom. Paulinho was rated the highest. Uh, of, of course, when you have a goal and an assist, you're gonna be given the kind of numerical statistics there. Sebastian Coates, uh, of course goals, right what the hell uh, Pablo Sarabia also rated very highly and he had a goal no assists I thought he would have had an assist Pedro Gonçalves or pot of course uh, uh, one assist and, and a very good game You a know, lot he peppered Ersin with with uh, attempts on goal when you have Mateus Luis Joao Palinha, Gonzalo Inacio Pedro Porro Zuhair Fedal and then Miralem Pjanic, which is interesting to me. I, I he When we were looking good, he was always involved. But he was also a bit sloppy. And did not quite live up to this matches, to what we needed of him, perhaps. Um, although, perhaps we relied on him too much. So that's not necessarily his fault. Um, next up would be Kyle Lahren, Um Which is, you know an interesting fact he had two shots 14 accurate passes uh, at an 82 percent rate he completed those passes um, both of the shots were on target you know forced a really good save i suppose um, he had 34 touches so he was quite active he won four only four of ten duels but was involved in ten duels right so again like i think the name of the game for him was activity with one of four on dribbles like, the one was the one that resulted in the shot that resulted in a good save. He had five recoveries, so, um, you know, pretty pretty good stuff from him. Then then you have Mishi Bachuay. and that's the line for kind of uh, good, good performances. Um, Mishi Batshuayi, of course, was offside a, a ton, however. Not his finest match, but he was very active and involved, and his energy was there, and um, I don't think we could at all blame him for, for the outcome out there. Obviously, the shot that he skied... Um, when did that occur? Was that in the second half, I think? Yeah, in the 68th minute. Um, could have really brought us back into the match, obviously. But, you know, still, it doesn't say everything about his match. Um, let's. I guess I'll go over his stats. He had four shots... 17 accurate passes completed them at 89% rate he had created two chances um he had one shot blocked one shot hit the woodwork three off target so no shots on target certainly not his finest game in that regard um he was one of two on long balls he had he was one of two on crosses he had two key passes 38 touches um he won four of nine duels. You know, just all over the all over the place. Very active. 0 for 1 with aerial duels, but was offsides five times, which is probably what would mark his game the most. As for like above average, you have Insacala, Alex Teixeira, Joseph de Souza, Antonio Adan, uh, Ricardo Escayo, and Mateusz. And that's it. Um, Ersin Destanolo was rated fairly poorly, but I don't know how they rate keepers. At the end of the day, he conceded four goals, so I think that, that doesn't like look good statistically. But he made five saves, three diving saves, five saves inside the box, acted as sweeper twice. Um, you know, he... He was very involved, very active. I, 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 I think he... Honestly... Probably looked like a solid keeper. I don't think anyone who watched this match carefully would have come away thinking he's not a good keeper. Um, he was let down for sure by his defense, um, especially on set pieces. Which, what can you really say? But but also, gen- generally speaking, um, our defense on the counter is, is just terrible. It's we looked so shaky throughout the whole match and. Uh, yeah, I mean, credit to Sporting, their pace, their technique, you know, their vision, it was it was all top-notch, but we were thoroughly outclassed, and I'm not going to say anything else about this match. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, what I will do is I'm going to pass on the mic to Khan Bayazit um, for hashtag Khan's Corner, um, so I'm glad to get some thoughts from him. Uh, let's see what he has to say and thanks again to Emre Hasturk uh, for the stadium sounds. He was there at the Vodafone Park for this unfortunately disappointing match but hopefully we'll get more from him in coming matches so uh, shouts again to Emre at I Hasturk.
0: Well that was a disappointing result unfortunately in the Champions League. This game was the one we had to win after um, a somewhat unfortunate loss at home against Dortmund where on a different day we might have been able to get more um, and of course a pretty unavoidable loss away at Ajax with a a C team. This one we didn't have an excuse of, we missed. X amount of players, apart from uh, Nkudu, I think we were pretty much at full strength. Um, you you did notice, I felt that players like Laren, like Pjanic, uh, yes, they were there and recovered from their injuries, but I felt you noticed that they weren't at the level they needed to be yet. Um, Pjanic... Didn't have a great game. Looked a little slow at times. Laren, in particular, despite scoring the goal, um, looked very lethargic. Uh, just not sharp. Late on on every uh, ball, uh, I felt. Um, yeah. Uh, but despite that, we had a fantastic opening 15 minutes again. Um and as I was watching, I was thinking to myself, "They are surviving. They're weathering the storm. Is this going to be another example of fifteen minutes of a fantastic football followed by a stupid goal on a corner?" I, I was literally thinking that, and and it's as if I was thinking it into reality because. Then they score on the corner, and you know th- th- that can happen, of course. They had they 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 dominated us in terms of, of heights, uh, and and all that. So th- that's uh, that's fine. You can concede a goal on a corner, something in the world that's part of football, but then to concede basically a carbon copy of that goal, that's where uh, I think one of the biggest issue lies. In, in, yeah, just a lack of proper tactical preparation. Um, and and that is uh, the big takeaway from this game, I think. Uh, the football we play between the lines is good. <clears throat> but um, we can see it on the corner as well against Dortmund. And it's just those types of things. Uh, I hope Sergen learns from it. We, we need to remember Sergen is still a very young and inexperienced coach. I mean, he's he's not super young. I mean, he's like 49 or something. Um, but he's relatively inexperienced. Like, this is the first time ever he's coaching in the Champions League. He doesn't have a lot of Europa League games under his belt either. Um, some qualifiers in the past with Malatya, and uh, I guess then last season with us. That uh, that 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 game against Rio Ave and then uh, against Pauk in the the Champions League qualifiers, but very limited to the European experience really in terms of coaching, um, and I think it showed showed in this game. But there are still plenty of positives to take away. I think the football we played at 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 times was impressive. We created a lot of chances. Um, yeah, and 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 one of the the worst things I guess from this match is uh, Alex Teixeira's wonderful strike, and I legit think that's one of the best goals I've ever seen disallowed. It was, it was really um, a Marco van Basten goal. It was it was amazing, but. Disallowed or not, I think it'll give him a confidence boost. He, of course, scored in the last match against Bashakshir as well. So if, we, if he can get up and running, we we're already seeing it. Like, he's nowhere near 100% yet where we want him to be. But he's shown his class already. He is going to score a lot of goals if we can get him uh, to 100% and keep him fit. So... Yeah, in the long run, um, very disappointing, of course, for us to lose this, again, third match in a row that we lose. I really hope we don't end on zero points. That would be embarrassing. Even though we've been competitive in all three of these games, uh, we just simply have come up short so far. Uh, hopefully we can get a couple of points in those last couple of games, but I think we need to be realistic and understand that Europe is done for us this season, but that might not be the worst thing in the world. I think it's not... a big disadvantage for us to go into the second half of the season without Europe to worry about, without uh, European games um, ca- causing us fatigue and all that stuff. Um, but now, yeah, it's it's down to getting the focus on the league. We need to shape up. We need to, uh, yeah, just... M- Immediately, uh, go again this weekend against Galatasaray. We need a we need a good result to boost our confidence. Um, guys like Butchui need uh, a goal to boost his confidence. Like I really like how he plays. it. To me, he's the best striker we've ever had outside the box, but inside the box, he especially in the Champions League now, he's missed. He's missing too many chances, and he needs to start converting to get his mojo. Um, but he he's getting into those positions and he's playing so, so well outside of the box and around the box. Uh, also yesterday, set up Kyle Laren with a great opportunity. Um, yeah, he's, I, I think he's a great player and uh, I really hope that he can get a couple of goals in the bag so he can boost his confidence. But uh, yeah, now focus has to go on the league 100%. We need to start winning games consistently Um, So we don't get too far behind Trabzonspor, we're only four points behind right now, which is no problem, Uh, no man overboard at all. But we kind of need to limit the damage a little bit, maybe get a little closer even, Uh, we'll see. But then in the second half of the season, that's when when I think we are going to uh, push through and hopefully we can make a difference
1: there. Thank you very much, Khan Bayazit. Um, as always, I co-sign just about everything this man has to say. Uh, but yeah, let's move on uh, to our next match. Who, what do we have next? Now, next up, of course, is Galatasaray. Um, Galatasaray is going to be visiting us at Vodafone Park on Monday... October 25th, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in New York City. So, of course, check your local listings as per usual. Now, let's talk about Galatasaray a little bit. Let's talk about their form. And on their last match, they beat Konyaspor, who has been solid this year. Um, But they were at home. You know, Konyaspor is typically a side that overperforms at home. It's a tough place to go to. Um, So, you know, 1-0 there. Prior to that, um, they beat Rize on the road 2-3. to three. Uh, Rize is a side that has struggled magnificently thus far this season. Before that, they drew Marseille in the Europa League. and They're going to be playing in the Europa League again um, before I've recorded this episode. Uh, they're playing Lokomotiv at 3 p.m. Um, in Russia, though. So that's... Uh, have to about when I'm gonna drop this episode. So um, see how that goes for them. But yeah, so that's gonna be what's happening on Monday, October 25th. We're gonna be playing. We're gonna be hosting Galatasaray for the first huge derby of the season. Now, quickly, um, let's preview their you know average starting side thus far. And I don't know if this is the most accurate, but it looks to be. Um, they play with. Of course, Fernando Muslera as their uh, goalkeeper, the 35-year-old Uruguayan, still out there. Uh, Victor Nelson, 23-year-old Danish central defender, starts next to Alpaslan Ozturk, the uh, 28-year-old Turk that they're now playing, I think, to fulfill their Turkish requirements. Uh, Then you've got Deandre Yedlin at right back. And, of course, Patrick Van Anholt, 31-year-old Dutchman on the left back um one of their big romanian additions alexandru Chikaldao, 24 year old central midfielder plays next to thailand antalyale uh, and up ahead of them is some combination of kerem Akhturkolu and uh their other romanian Olimpiu morutan 22 year old romanian uh, as well as halil dervisholu 21 year old turk with Mustafa Mohamed starting uh, ahead of them. So, I mean, Ak- Kerem Akhturkolu and I believe Dervi Sholu are typically the wingers with Mototan in the middle, although I think Mototan can play on the wing as well, so perhaps it sort of de- de- depends on on how they're lining up on the day. And again, that's just like the, the average squad. I don't know if that's, you know, it, because of injuries or whatever it might be, of course, they have a number of other players, Luyendama, Dianye, um, you know, a number of other names that are, are not playing regularly, Emre Kielin, who's squared for them, Ryan Babel, a name any will recognize, <laughs> obviously. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see, but th- that's the, the squad I think you could probably expect for us to encounter on Monday. So yeah, I mean, obviously, tough tough, tough, tough match against Fortune. Terrible outcome. Incredible disappointment. Uh, but, in a way, I hope this is exactly the type of thing that will spur a, a response. And uh, we, we're going to need one against Galatas today. Uh, it's probably worth noting that Galatas today is in 6th place. Um, we're in 4th place, but we both have 17 points. Uh, we're up ahead of them because of goal difference. We have plus seven to their plus two. But so, um, you know, a draw or a win and we're, we're still up ahead of them. Doesn't really matter at this point. A uh, Losses would be not good. Uh, and it's a derby. We, need, we want a W here. Um, we're finally starting to get some regular output from these guys that we've brought in. Finally starting to hopefully get these guys to gel a little bit. Um, hopefully we can get away from this possession-heavy, um, Gigan Press up front, get tired, and let let these guys counterattack at will. Approach to playing, um, which has now happened twice in a row. Uh, Shakshi here was unfortunate. Uh, but we were missing a few pieces, and obviously this time it was way more unfortunate. We got burned by it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. Um, we're gonna need to do better against Gladys today and hopefully we will Uh, so anyway thanks again to Khan Bayazit for his hashtag Khan's Corner Um, follow him at Razarian R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N follow myself at sir underscore rights underscore a lot follow my stadium sound guy Emre Hasturk at E-Hasturk e -E H-A-S-T-U-R-K uh, And yeah, as always, stay tuned for more. Uh, we'll be back post-game on Monday. Hope Maybe with another co-host, maybe another hashtag so-and-so. But either way, uh, it should hopefully um, have a different outcome. I, I, I can't imagine. Let's just hope for the best. And certainly, let's go Magic Tosh! Peace out, everyone. Bishikdash International hopes you enjoyed this program.